All right. Welcome to Flying With Our Own Wings, episode one. My name is Leilani. I'm a third year computer science undergrad student at Portland State University and a senator in our student government. In this episode, we will be interviewing Liz and Arlette from Western Oregon University, um, and we'll be discussing their experiences working on establishing the Freedom Center on their campus, which is a resource for BIPOC students. Through our conversations with Liz and Arlette about their leadership work at WU, we will discuss some bigger picture topics that any student leader or change maker can learn from such as building communities and safe spaces for marginalized students on your campus, the BIPOC student experience of working to make positive change, relationships between faculty and students during the change-making process, and some all too common systemic struggles that often get in our way as student change-makers. A couple of clarifications before we start. Um, you'll hear some of us refer to the Freedom Center as the Cultural Diversity Center in the episode. And so this is because the Freedom Center was formerly named the Cultural Diversity Center and they very recently changed the name to the Freedom Center. And so we're all just still adjusting. Um, and then also when we mention ASWU or ASPSU, um, we're referring to the student governments on our campus. So ASWU is Associated Students of Western Oregon University and ASPSU's Associated Students of Portland State. Yeah, so stay tuned for our discussions and some invaluable advice for students who want to make change on their campus um, and some words of wisdom and empowerment. Thank you, Leilani. Hi, everyone. My name is Neha, and I'm a third year biology and philosophy student here at Portland State. I'm also a senator for ASPSU student government and sitting on the Multicultural Affairs Committee and Equal Rights Advocacy Committee. Leilani and I have worked diligently with our amazing campaign team to create this podcast to share with all Oregonians statewide. This podcast was created as a way to further the mission of cultural competency in higher education. This podcast was created as a way to further the mission of cultural competency in higher education. This podcast was inspired by House Bill 2864, a bill requiring Oregon universities to submit an official report documenting how schools are implementing cultural competency and its impact on the community. Much to our dismay, we found that many schools did not submit these reports despite state requirements. This is the reason why we created this podcast, to give a voice to the student community and bring these issues to light. When we are talking about cultural competency, we seek to understand how institutions and individuals can respond respectively and effectively to people from all cultures, economic statuses, language backgrounds, races, ethnic backgrounds, disabilities, religions, genders, gender identifications, sexual orientations, veteran statuses, and other characteristics, and affirms and values the worth and preserves the dignity of these communities. The Cultural Competency Campaign was created at the Oregon Students Association. Our goals through the campaign are to urge universities to recruit and retain students and faculty of color, increase transparency with plans proposed by administration, and include students in the planning and development of these plans. Thank you so much for tuning in and let's get started.
Today, Liz and Arlette will be speaking about the Freedom Center, formerly known as the Cultural Diversity Center on their campus. Um, they'll be speaking about their involvement and the work they've done with the center as student leaders. I'll start by interviewing Arlette, who is a sophomore at WU. So welcome to the show, Arlette and Liz. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having us. Hello, everyone. Yeah. Thank you for having us today. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, everyone. My name is Arla Tapia. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm a the Director of Multicultural Advocacy for ASWU at Western Oregon University. I am a social science major and a second year student at WU. Awesome. Thank you so much for your introduction. Um, yeah, so I, I just wanted to know um, a little bit more about your role in um, ASWU. That's the student government at Western Oregon, right? Um, so you're, you're the director of multicultural advocacy so is that like a committee within um ASWU or or how does that yeah so um my position I advocate for the cultural students so students of color on campus and I sit in the OSA um Oregon Students of Color Board Coalition Board and there we advocate for students of color so I work with various clubs and organizations on campus such as like Unidos, Mecha, MSU, Black Student Unions, uh, the German Club, very cultural clubs on campus okay wow that's that's amazing and then so you you've also worked with the cultural diversity center on campus as well yes um so the cultural diversity center that's what um it's been known as but we've currently just mm -hmm. changed the name to the freedom center and that's just how we're going to be referring it um from now on um so i started working on the freedom center on the beginning of this school year as um my role as director of multicultural advocacy i've i got to know a little bit more about it through the previous directors of, uh, that were in my position um, from the previous years and I've been able to like adapt to that new environment and expand the understanding of the Freedom Center to like students, clubs, um, staff and through that um, we've been educating the new incoming students about the Freedom Center what it has what we're wanting to do with it um, kind of like the initiative of it um, but yeah and then we've been working on the proposal for the Freedom Center since the end of fall term and we're currently still working on it so we're actually planning on presenting it to the president's cabinet at the beginning of at the end of the last day of spring term spring break i mean which is the 25th of march so that's going to be an exciting week and exciting day awesome so is the president's cabinet um a faculty group or is that a student group it's actually um a group of faculty um there's like a group of faculty um that go over the proposal and they go they either accept or deny the proposal um our hopes that is that the proposal does get passed so we can start implementing that into group since i feel like it's a very big necessity that needs to be implemented what does that proposal um, do exactly or what would passing that proposal mean? Passing the proposal, um, it will mean there will be, we'll have a designated space for us to put the Freedom Center. Um, I know this mm -hmm. is something that has been worked on for like many years. And I know that with the Freedom Center, a lot of students are gonna benefit from it, especially because there's no like designated space for students of color to be in, in the center on campus. And so the center is um, essentially gonna make them feel more safe, more welcomed, um, allow them to have various resources 
um, on campus. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Thank you so much for explaining that. Yeah, so I'm curious about how the Freedom Center interacts with other cultural groups on campus. Um, for example, does the Freedom Center have any interaction with more specific cultural groups such as like a Black Student Union or maybe a Vietnamese Student Association, like these more specific cultural groups? Um, does the Freedom Center have a relationship with those groups that you know of? Yeah, so our idea of implementing like various clubs and organizations that tend to provide like as students of color is to provide them with the space that they'll feel safe. I know that a lot of clubs and orgs um, in previous years, they've kind of had difficulty to um, hold events or have like an open space for their for them to like keep materials, supplies, and store them. Um, so what the center is going to do to them is offer them that space um, so they can fulfill their tasks as a club and organization and also like be able to give their um, their members their full potential as a club and organization. Okay, that makes sense. So it's kind of like a centralized resource for all of those clubs? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah. Arlette, being, being a student of color, what does the Freedom Center mean to you? So as a student of color, um, the Freedom Center means that I'll be able to have a space where I feel safe, not feeling like I feel marginalized or um, a place where I can be able to connect with other students from different various backgrounds, various cultures, and be united as students of color. Um, I feel like through like my first two years at Western, I've been able to see how cl cultural clubs and organizations are as united as we would like them to be. So for in the center, I'm hoping that we can all unite and we can work together to succeed and conquer the world. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. So from my understanding, it sounds like the proposal, if that's passed, will get you guys this space for the Freedom Center to have like an actual physical facility. Um, but I'm wondering like, as of right now, um, does the Freedom Center exist as an entity already or like in what capacity does it already exist right now, even though you don't have the space yet? I guess it's existing through the student voices. I feel like this mm -hmm. year especially, we've been able to get a lot of support from students um, from various backgrounds and get their support on this is very essential because that'll show to like administration how important the center is to Western and how they need to start implementing a center like this on campus. Um, mm -hmm. But physically, it's not in place yet. But I feel like mm -hmm. as the, the days go by, as the months go by, it'll be something that will make us um, work even harder to implement it. Yeah, so it sounds like you've got a really good amount of support from the BIPOC student body. And so I'm just wondering if you feel like the entire student body as a whole is well-educated about the Freedom Center um, and and how you got that support of the BIPOC student body. Yeah, so um, from the students, students, um, BIPOC students that I've talked to, I've got their support in it um, in the center. I know um, something that we've been trying to do like at the beginning of this term and then towards the end of um, fall term was going into like various clubs and organizations, um, informing them about it, kind of like a like a recap because I know it's been like a some rough few months. So just letting them know what the center's about. And so far we've been getting a lot of support from various backgrounds, various students on campus. So that's very nice to hear because they it it shows that like whenever we when we do 
make the proposal and present it to the president's cabinet, um, they'll be able to have our back and they'll be able to um, influence the administration, the importance of this initiative. That's really cool. I'm so glad that you've been able to um, inform them and inform the student body so thoroughly and it's like you're doing such a good job with this. What role do you see yourself taking on in the future um, in regards to the Freedom Center? Like, let's say that this proposal gets passed um, and what do you see your involvement um, in the future being? with the Freedom Center? I feel like the center, the Freedom Center, is always going to be something that I'm going to have very close to my heart because it's something that I've put a lot of time and effort into and I want to continue putting time and effort even if I'm not, even if you, if, if I become an alumni at Western, I always want to come back and kind of see what's um, been growing in the center and just always be there for them because I know that this center can be, can have a lot of, um, pushback from various people because not everyone supports it but it's just showing them that there are specific students and certain students that do support the center and who always come back um, to give it their, their best and offer their support yeah that, that's beautiful thank you so much um, thank you so much Arla for um, answering all these questions and thank you so much for the work you're doing for the students of Wu. it's it's really amazing. Thank you so much, Leilani. It was nice talking to you. Thank you for having me here today. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much, Arlette, for talking about your experiences at Wu. I will now be interviewing Liz, who is a senior majoring in sociology with a minor in public policy and administration. She is also the Senate president of ASWU and has worked on some wonderful initiatives, including working on starting the Freedom Center at her school. She has also been at the forefront of advocating for students of color to continue the work that she started on her team. Liz, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. So Liz, I know that you were a senator last year and you worked on writing a resolution to create the Freedom Center on campus. I know I've also written a resolution in support of cultural competency on our PSU campus. And to all our viewers out there, we write resolutions to get formal support from our student government. Liz, would you mind talking a bit about what this process was was like and how things changed once your resolution was improved? Yes, thank you for the question. Um, so last year, um, as a senator, I wrote um, a, a piece of legislation that would advocate for, I guess, like also take a formal stance um, for our student government to support a cultural diversity center on our campus. Um, you know, it, it was aimed to to support and create a safe space for students of color on our campus. Um, something that's very needed, I think, in, in all campuses. But at Western, um, we we the students have been you know, fighting for a space for themselves for a really long time. And the then vice president and the then director of multicultural advocacy had started working together, you know, signatures and information, uh, talking to other students across other campuses in, in Oregon who have uh, cultural diversity centers to see how we can get one started at Western. And that uh, piece of legislation was just really used for us to take a formal stance on it, letting um, our administration and our advisors and student groups, um, clubs like the ones Arlette mentioned, like Mecha Unidos, um, the Black Student Union, um, and the International Club to let them know that we are 
still looking for ways to support their initiatives because they've done a lot of work to support students of color on our campus. And so we really wanted to make sure that they that this space was created so they have those resources to continue providing for students of color. Well, that's that's really amazing. And I'm so glad you guys were able to find really good support groups to connect with and and really build that alliance on campus, not only um, at your own school, but um, lots of other universities as well. And so that's really, really nice to hear. I think that's definitely something we need to do more of. I know on our own campus, we've definitely struggled a lot with connecting with various multicultural groups to get um, support on certain initiatives. And so it's really nice to hear that um, universities are working on doing that. So thank you so much for your response. Um, so what sparked your interest in working on creating the Freedom Center? Um, well, I think what really sparked my interest uh, was I attended the uh, Oregon Students of Color Conference. Um, I believe it was in 2018, and there was a, uh, a presentation by, I think, I believe it was um, PCC because they have a Dream Center, right? I believe it's the first Dream Center, and it really um, inspired me to want some, like, to create or help create a space like that on our campus. The Dream Center at PCC um, helps uh, undocumented and DACA students, um, provides resources for them, provides a safe space, a support system, um, and helps them succeed, uh, you know, in, in their journey through higher education. And so that really inspired me to want something like that on our campus. And they have put so much work um, to, you know, to inspire like others and to make sure that they are supporting others. Um, and so that I, I think like seeing that they they were specifically helping a, a group of students um, was definitely very empowering because it, it helped me realize that that's something that we can at Western Oregon we can also like strive to do like strive to to create a support system for uh, students of color. Um, other universities have specifically centers for, you know, certain uh, cultural groups and our campus doesn't even have, you know, a, I guess like a like a central space. And so I think that in order to like be able to provide, I guess, like for certain certain groups, I think like we should first start with uh, like a cultural diversity center, which, of course, we're um, we've called it we're now calling it a, the Freedom Center. And so I think that that's what really um, inspired me to start working on this. That's really nice. And I actually, I heard um, a bit about the, the Dream Center at PCC. Would you mind going into a bit of um, some depth about um, what that's about and how, um, if you guys are still connected with them, like through Wu or um, collaborating with them in any way? Um, so... I don't have too much information um, about the uh, Dreamers Resource Center at PCC. Um, what we, uh, what I've heard from like the presentation that they, you know, had at the Oregon Students of Color Conference is that it provides a safe space for undocumented and DACA, doc, the DACA community, um, and it supports them through their academic goals, um, provides leadership skills. Um, and um, you know other other forms of support, and I believe that the 
the past ASU vice president had also started to speak with um, our administration to start a center um, at WU, specifically to help uh, undocumented and DACA, the DACA community on our campus. Um, but again, uh, that I think like the issue with um, student governments is that sometimes like they graduate and so it's difficult to like start on the project again and we did receive a lot of support I believe it was close to 500 signatures from students around our campus who who um, want wanted and support a dreamers resource center um, but then we kind of thought like bigger picture um, and uh, we are definitely still wanting I still want a dreamers resource center on our campus um, but I think that we still want to first create um, like the Freedom Center that would um, house all all of the different uh, multicultural clubs and, and um, BIPOC students and create a safe space for them. Yeah, of course, that, that definitely makes sense. And creating a space for everyone to feel welcomed and like you said, creating a very space safe space for that. That's really nice. So I had another question. How has the Freedom Center changed the cultural atmosphere at WU? Would you say it's it's helped improve advocacy on campus or do you feel that there's still a long ways to go? I definitely think that there's still a long ways to go um, in terms of in terms of like support for the Freedom Center. Um, I do uh, like our Arlette mentioned, I think that there has been a lot of support from students um, for this, uh, for the Freedom Center, um, you know, through previous years. But I think also this year um, we're seeing more students be vocal about, um, you know, racism and sexism on our campus and other forms of discrimination, um, which is very um it's very, it's, I, I think it's like as a student of color, it, it's very disappointing. It's very heartbreaking to, to hear all of these stories. But I also think at the same time, we've been able to form a sense of community, even though it's virtual. Um, and we've gathered support from other, um, you know, campuses who who also, you know, want, like, who also believe believe in us and like the work we're doing to create a center for, for ourselves um, because we are behind in that aspect. And so receiving that support from, um, from students, um, from other campuses, trying to start this center has definitely been the empowering piece of this process um, because that's essentially what the center is about. It's about creating a, a not creating, but I guess like holding a, a space for our community and, um, and, I think like we're excited to be able to be in person hopefully sometime soon um, so that we can start start um, start meeting and, and holding space for each other again. Yeah, of course. And I think it's very empowering to hear that you guys are at the forefront of all these initiatives and really pushing for that change on campus. I know there's a lot of really unfortunate things that have happened on campus and it's really nice to see students taking a stance on all these issues. And so I just wanted to thank you guys so much for, for really pushing for that change on campus. I guess that leads me into my next question. Um, you frequently mentioned that you guys have gained a lot of support from students. I I was wondering how what it's like with admin and faculty. Do you feel that students can openly communicate with them or is it kind of difficult to do that? 
Um, well, it's been difficult to, I think the difficult part about this process is that there is little to no support for initiatives, um, especially when it comes to supporting students of color on our campus. Um, I think part of the issue is gathering the information, right? Like information regarding the budget, because although we just like to say students of color need this space, um, and we need these resources in order to succeed and have an equal opportunity. Um, it's it, the proposal requires, you know, like budget information um, and which is like all information that we don't have access to um, and that we need to request from, you know, either administration or staff. And so that has been definitely the difficult part about this. I think additionally is um, part of the cultural competency plan um, is that has not been accessible to students, that plan. Um, and I think that there is um, lack of transparency about what is happening with the plan, the development of, imp uh, of it and the implementation of it. So I, I would say that it, it has been difficult to communicate with the administration about this. Right, right. With that lack of transparency with with budgets and stuff, even when you guys request to to get that information, what barriers do you guys feel the most? Do you guys feel that it's it's mostly like an admin issue or does it end up being more of like like past admin, like more of a systemic issue? Um, well, I can speak to, I, I guess, the, um, I guess, like, currently, um, because in the past, um, I'm not sure um, where, you know, the other students who have been working on this kind of left off, but I can assume that it was due to lack of information and transparency um, about that information, and, and I think that this, this, this time around, it has been that, um, it has been the lack of information that's accessible to students, um, the availability of it, right? Um, sometimes we are requesting information and we don't get that information with enough time. And on top of that, you know, like we're also students and, and a lot of a lot of us have like more than one job. So um, I think that having like, I guess like our, both of our timelines are different. Um, and the, I think like the amount of time that we have dedicated to this also is, is different. Like our priorities are different, obviously, like students really value. I think like students really, students um, in student government um, understand that there's a need from students uh, of color to, to have a, a, a center like this. Um, and then our administration, that's probably not one, one of their priorities, um, given that we, we haven't received that kind of support from them. I'm really sorry to hear that and it's it makes things really hard when admin or faculty aren't supportive in in a lot of these initiatives and especially in areas that we don't really have much experience in right like budget stuff and and what different stuff that goes into that and so i really hope like with um this initiative of the freedom center and how you guys um um, build on that. I really hope that it does increase transparency between students and faculty and, and overall improve cultural competency on your campus. And I had one final question for the both of you, actually. Do you guys have any advice for any of our students listening who would want to start an, 
start an initiative similar to the Freedom Center at their own college or university? I think my advice would be to, to I, I think like my advice would, would be that it's not unreasonable or you're not ambitious for wanting to create a safe uh, a, a space for yourself on campus um we put a lot of time energy a lot of um a, a lot of our money into these institutions and so i think that it's not unreasonable unreasonable for us to ask for a space for ourselves um and i think especially in 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 our in our institution particularly at wu um, they like to boast that we're an emerging Hispanic serving institution and yet um, st like Latinx students, right? They're not the only students of color, but um, I think that we're the group that they mostly <laughs> like to talk about because that's like the biggest diverse group population and and I think that it, it's not I think like we can continue to work on um, and build coalition, you know, amongst like our student clubs, our student groups, student government, and amongst like other student governments, you know, like like PSU and UO um, to create these spaces and share information, um, share how we started and, and what I think like what kind of resources we needed um, and just like getting support from each other has been really helpful and I think is um, what can really help other students as well. So my advice, the advice that I would give would be not to give up. Um, never give up, no matter if anyone pushes you back, no matter if it's administration, students who don't agree with you. That should be the mechanism that's going to make you stronger and make you want to work for it even more and make it become an ambition. Don't let anyone make you feel less than because that that should be something that you know that you're you're going to be benefit, benefited from, not only you, but students who identify uh, students of color, BIPOC students, and get support from various from various students on campus, get support from out of campus, and make this your goal. Thank you so much for for adding on that. Um, I kind of wanted to give you, um, Arla, the chance to um, add on if you had any thoughts, because Neha asked so many great questions. Um, I kind of, if you had any other thoughts on um, anything that uh, Neha and Liz discussed, such as how do you think uh, your campus is doing in terms of creating safe spaces for under underrepresented students? Um, how do you think the cultural atmosphere has changed? You know, things like that. Um, feel free um, if you do have any other thoughts on that. I think Liz covered it pretty well. I think she mentioned all of the different aspects um, within that question. So I don't think that's a, there's anything I should add. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I think that that pretty much covers it all. Yeah, um, I just wanted to to respond to what Liz and Arlette both um, mentioned. I think that was very beautifully said. I think the the most important thing is for students to come together and connect with each other from all different universities to to really push for that change and create a safe space for for BIPOC students. And I feel like, you know, it's it's really crazy to hear that there are so many universities that that boast about being diverse or inclusive, yet they don't provide 
provide students with the adequate resources to succeed or create safe spaces for them to connect with other people of color, right? And so I think it's very, very amazing work that the both of you guys are doing and you guys are truly the driving force behind changing the overall culture at Wu. And I just wanted to say like, you guys are such an inspiration and I really look up to both of you. And I also wanted to thank you guys so much for taking the time out to come speak with us today. I learned so much about the culture at Wu and also things that need to be improved. And I, you know, as a senator from ASPSU, we'd love to support you guys on these initiatives and possibly collaborate between universities. And I think that would be a really wonderful thing. So thank you so much. Um, yeah, no, thank you so much, Neha. You, you uh, summed that up so well. Like, um, yeah, I, I just want to thank you both for your, your beautiful responses on, on all of these questions and especially for that advice because that advice at the end, because I think, you know, it, it really sucks how so much of the onus is put on us, you know, students of color to create these safe spaces in these communities within our own universities. And it's like, you know, why is that our responsibility? You know, these schools will use, you know, pictures of us hanging out with white students, like in their catalogs and use it as an advertisement. But then when you actually go to the school, you end up feeling isolated and stuff. So, I mean, thank you so much for the work that you've done. I'm sure it's already impacted so many students at your school. Um, and just the fact that you're, you know, helping us start this podcast that we hope will reach more Oregon students um, is such a blessing to us and our project. So thank you both so much. So we had a bit of an abrupt ending there due to some technical difficulties, but I wanted to close off our first episode today with a couple of updates that Neha and I have received from Liz and Arlette. This episode was actually recorded back in March when Liz and Arlette were working hard on the proposal for the Freedom Center to present to the president's cabinet of their school. Liz and Arlette provided us with the following update on their proposal. Makana Waikiki, who is the chair of Wu's Incidental Fee Committee and the leader of the proposal, was preparing to present the, the proposal to the Board of Trustees for a reevaluation and a fiscal evaluation on April 21st. Makana Waikiki, who is the chair of Wu's Incidental Fee Committee and the leader of the Freedom Center proposal, was preparing to present the proposal to the Board of Trustees at their school for a reevaluation and a fiscal evaluation on April 21st. However, the board informed her that she had submitted her proposal too late and she was not allowed to attend the meeting. Luckily, however, a board of trustees member, Danielle Campbell, at the meeting was able to make a motion for a special session dedicated to McConnell's proposal. And this special session will be held on the 12th, on May 12th, from 1 to 3 p.m. Finally, Liz told us that it has been a long journey with this proposal with many bumps in the road, but she says together we can make a change. And for more details, please read the OPB article that was written about Makana and Wu's Freedom Center linked in the episode description. I'm so proud of Liz Arlette and Makana's work on this proposal and all the students at Wu who are working toward this. I'm so proud that they're never gonna give up
Thank you so much for listening to the pilot episode of Flying With Our Own Wings. We are so grateful to have you as a listener. And we want to remind you that this podcast is for students by students. If you have an idea for a topic or if you want to be interviewed on our podcast, please do not hesitate to reach out to us in any method that you see fit. You can DM us on Instagram or email us. Um, We'd love to hear from you. And we are so excited to embark on this journey together. And we look forward to what our next episodes will bring us. Thank you so much and have a great rest of your day.